on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, we're recapping the biggest weekend of the year, the biggest weekend of Brian's life. It's G1 Supercard from Madison Square Garden. I'm back, Mike. We're back. It's about time. Nice to hear from you. I know, and we got plenty to talk about. Plus, we're going to go back and talk about Astromania a couple weeks ago, and uh, maybe we'll talk a little Kofi Mania, too. Then your promo about nothing and so much more, but first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 155, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. Now he is a contracted Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is one half of the bouncers. He is Jushin Thunder Liger's bitch, the brawler Brian Malonis. I'm uh, Mr. Madison Square Garden now, Mike. Oh, should I add that to the... uh... (laughs) Let me get that in there. To my accolades? Yes, as many accolades. They're growing. Yes. Uh, so it was nice, nice of you to show up. <laughs> well, I'm here from my uh, new abode, a little closer to Boston, a little further away from you. Thank God. <laughs> You're welcome. And uh, so we're going to try to do an actual episode, you and me. I know. It's been a while. <laughs> Crazy happenings in the two of our lives, I guess. Uh, all good, though, I think, for the most yes. part. Maybe. We're going to get all into it uh, today on the No, WPAN. no, no, Mike, 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 hold on. I, I'm not part of All In. I wasn't part of it, and I won't be part of future ones. Sorry. Oh, uh, all right. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll trudge on anyway. There's still plenty of going on in your life, Brian, despite Too that. much, my friend. Too much. All right. Well, we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, let's talk about BrianMalonis.com, right? Yeah, we haven't plugged it in a while. So uh, if you missed out on the big WrestleMania sale, sorry about that. But you can still go over and... Uh, Buy yourself a nice T-shirt or four. <laughs> There's a few of us. Four, to be exact. Yes, you have the uh, the Mega Malona shirt, the original Kingpin design in a new color. You have the Mastodon shirt, and of course, the WPAN Curtain Jerker shirt. Yeah, and I got a few ideas. Uh, maybe uh, coming up here soon. Maybe got, got some percolating. Yeah, I think I might retire the old Kingpin designs, considering I am uh, no longer the Kingpin. You are Brawler Malonis, aren't you? I certainly am. I did see that graphic. You did? Oh, you did see the graphic. Yeah, you could see it on the on the big screen at the uh, arena. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, they had the page. You know, I noticed in your picture you took of me and Liger, the video on the screen does not match up the action in the ring. No, it was like a, like a half a second behind. Yeah. BrianMalonis.com is the, the first place to go. The other place you should go is the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. That is where you can find the links to subscribe to the wrestling podcast about nothing. We're on basically all social media platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, you can go to the WPAN.com and find our social media links. We are at the WPAN on basically all social media platforms. Plus, there's our biography uh, that probably has to be updated now, talking about uh, Madison Square Garden, I'm sure, Brian. I think it should be. 
and maybe some pictures from MSG should be on there as well, right? Perhaps. So uh, check that out. It's going to be updated very soon, I'm sure. The WPAN.com. <laughs> will, it, will it now? <laughs> VWPAN.com, Brian. And G1 Supercard is something we're going to talk about in just a second. But the first big event uh, that we haven't talked about because, as we mentioned, we've been gone for a couple weeks. A couple weeks ago, I was kind of by myself and I introduced uh, some old bits that we had done on the old BDA bonus podcasts. And uh, I think it came together pretty well. Talk about different WrestleMania things, WrestleMania entrances, WrestleMania main events. Of course, we talked about Kofi, which we will talk about again later on in this episode. Um, Then last week, we uh, had a very brief episode of the wrestling podcast about nothing so brief that we decided not to number it and it is just a a standalone little piece so this is episode 155 and we're going to talk about what we didn't talk about a couple weeks ago and that is astro mania your first venture as a promoter of professional wrestling brian in conjunction with todd sopel's liberty states wrestling so astro mania how did that day start for you saturday the 30th of march how did that day start for you were you excited were you nervous uh, how did how did that whole thing begin on that saturday I think I was like a ball of stress like that whole week, especially the day of the show. But the day started with me doing ring crew. How about that? Whoa, 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 whoa. You doing ring crew? You didn't just saunter in after it was all done like usual? No, no. I actually had to lift some boards and some sides and all that good stuff. What the hell is that about? I know. I mean, come on. You're the promoter. I mean, didn't you learn anything from Jamie? (laughs) Well, he's not a promoter. Oh, that's, I, I did hear that on the uh, latest episode of uh, Let the Chaos Begin. Maybe the benefactor, right? Is that what that <laughs> I guess so. I forget what... uh term? Yeah, I forgot what Todd Sinclair called him. Owner, not, not promoter. <laughs> yes, Todd Sinclair was not having any of it uh, with him being uh, the promoter of Chaotic Wrestling. <laughs> so you did ring crew. I did, yeah. I had to do ring crew, Mike. The ring had to get up somehow. You weren't going to come help. We'll get to that. Yeah, I <laughs> didn't have the opportunity to get there in time to help with Rain Crew. So was it just just you and Todd? What was what's going on? No, there was there was me, Todd, um, a couple other people. Bryce Clayton was there to help out. Oh my to, goodness! A uh, uh, couple of, like uh, Todd has some regular kind of crew people that that he works with that were there. So, but not many. Yeah, there's only like five or six of us. But you got it all done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just the ring, and then we actually had some help from uh, some of the students of Pinkerton Academy to help put up chairs and whatnot. So you guys didn't take care of concessions, right? That was on the school? Right, exactly. Do you hear how they did? Um, I have no clue. Oh, really? <laughs> no, do you, want, do, you want, do you want some uh, financial uh, recordings? Please, please, that would help. So as the night grew closer, uh, was there any issues with talent getting there? Any issues with the... Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, maybe oh, one. We're, we're, going, we're, going, uh, we're going to this right away. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're going to... Uh, oh, I talked about talent, Brian, not referees. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because you have no talent. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, no. If, if Actually, you know... Um, this is not an issue with talent. I was actually getting reached out to by talent, and we were able to actually add um, very late in the game, but uh, add Christian Casanova, the at that point the newly crowned Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, to the card. Uh, so that was that was a great thing that actually happened during the day. Yeah, because he had just won, like you said, the night before, won the Chaotic Wrestling title from JT Dunn. So that was just something where he contacted you and said you need 
a body need someone else to not be on the show yeah he texted and just asked if uh you know i needed anybody else and you know of course i did i, I always have room for a guy like christian on the show um i didn't know what his schedule was and you know it's funny there's there's so many guys i obviously would have loved to have had on the show and just based on either budgetary reasons or this i mean really was a true collaboration between me and todd um so todd obviously wanted to reward a lot of his regulars with being on a you know the bigger show and then of course i wanted to get some of my friends on the show yeah um so you know it really was a true collaboration between me and todd and just you know some people kind of got squeezed out but I, i'm very happy to add uh, christian there at the at the very end because um, he definitely you know he definitely is uh, christian's uh, up and comer and i think this is going to really be his year so it was uh, it was it was great to have him on the show so you talked about having your friends on the show, of course. The Beer City Bruiser coming in from Milwaukee. Uh, now, did you have to put this guy up? <laughs> yeah, my couch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was great having the Bruiser in town. Uh, you know, he spent the weekend. He spent more time with my family over the weekend than I did. I think <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> so because I, I mean, took off for in the afternoon to do the ring crew and all that. Well, he came with me in the ring crew, but then he like went to the store. But I actually had uh, on the same day as the show, we actually had uh, memorial service for Big Woody to attend. And uh, uh, yes, I did want to ask about this. Yes, yeah. So the Bruce stayed home, and um, but uh, it, it was a great service, and it was a great celebration of life for Big Woody. So I think, uh, at least for from me and Todd's standpoint, it was so I don't know. It was like appropriate that uh that happened on the same day as the day we were running a show and, and maybe even was his uh woody was a was a ball buster so uh you know maybe his final rib on us like oh you guys are all stressed out about this show you know <laughs> so that kind of like brought you down and maybe even calmed you going into the the big event i i'd say more like inspired i guess okay. you know i think uh he just wanted to make sure that you know, we would have done him proud, kind of thing. You know, uh, he 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 meant obviously a lot to to both of us. And and funny, I, I looked back at a the last conversation I had with him, um, and it was uh, just a few days before he had passed. Uh, well, maybe not a few. I, mean, I, I guess it was. It was right when Woody had kind of taken a turn for the worse, and then he had gotten better and looked like he might come out of it. And that's when uh, you know he was able to communicate with me, and he he told me not to count him out. Um, so I'd like to think uh, that he was, you know, he was there and definitely in spirit. And uh, but it was, I, I guess, yeah, I guess it probably calmed the nerves a little bit from that. All right, we just we gotta we gotta make him proud. So speaking of uh, nerves, how nervous were you about the house getting people into that thing? You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's always the stress as a promoter, right? Yeah. But you know, I felt good. It's funny, you know, we had talked about pre-sales, and I think you got even got a little nervous about it, and then pre-sales like over doubled. Uh, before we we had doors open so i was feeling pretty good you know i I knew we i knew we'd be okay you know once once the pre-sales jumped up and then you know just kind of started to actually see some chatter online about it and um so i felt good about it and i felt good even after the fact you know i think for our first time out and you know you know in that building and I, i i you know i don't know i don't know if there's ever been wrestling even in pinkerton academy but uh we got people there, so I, w- I was happy. The seats, all the seats on the floor were filled, and, and there were some people in the bleachers. And um, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I was happy. The school was happy. Todd was happy. So that was that was a good thing. Well, you had all the people there, and you had all the wrestlers there, and uh, most of the crew, except for one guy, 
Yeah. You want? Are we gonna get in this now? Yeah. yeah. So I am the. Uh, you know, I I, I was uh, one of the proprietors of this show. Yes. You know, one of the promoters, one of the bosses, if if you will. Mm-hmm. You uh, were one of the subordinates. <laughs> okay. Um, so f- for that night, I I was your boss. Is that fair? Fair statement. Uh, I suppose so. I, I I don't think there's any supposing. I think this is <laughs> this is a real thing. I was your boss for just like I used to be your boss at Undercover Wear. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh, I was your boss. And uh, Mike, do you know what call time was? Do you remember what uh, what time call time was? I believe you said five five p.m. Five o'clock. Oh, okay, five o'clock. So uh, it's you know given the building and everybody's there. Nobody was late except uh, except you. You know and. I thought you were only late to good friends' wedding celebrations. <coughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize you were also late to pro wrestling shows. I'm like, eh, we still got time before Bell. You know, the, you're only roughing our match, so it's 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 on right before an omission. He's got time. I wasn't busting your chops too bad. Six o'clock passes. Seven o'clock passes. I finally get a text, and it says, "What, Mike? Do you remember what you what you wrote me?" Uh, I said, uh, I'm leaving now. It says I'm going to get there, um, what, like quarter of eight? No, quarter, what's a quarter of eight or quarter of Quarter nine? of eight. Yeah, quarter of eight. Quarter of eight. And I said, if I don't make it, I don't make it. And then, <laughs> if I don't make it, I don't make it. What I meant by that was, if I don't make it in time for your match, then, then whatever. <laughs> I'm glad you were very concerned about your presence after I booked and paid you, Michael, <laughs> to be there. Well, well, Brian, okay, let's let's just let me just get into it. Okay. Yes, you bu- <laughs> you booked me for the show in what, December? Yes, when- <laughs> you were one of the one literally one of the first people I booked. Yes. So, um okay, 2 weeks before the show took place, uh like an apartment just fell into my lap. And a new apartment. We've been looking for an apartment for a while. We were in this really small place. This place that I had lived in since I was a bachelor by myself. One bedroom apartment. And then, of course, my girlfriend moved in. It became my wife. And then we had uh, baby Maxwell. So it's the three of us in this same place that I was in as a single guy. And it was quite cramped in there. So we'd been looking for a place for a while. And we finally found a nice apartment closer to Boston. Actually, like a 50 minute walk from where i work so it's like perfect location uh great looking place much bigger two bedroom and i just we had we had to jump on it so uh you know two weeks to go and april 1st move in date or april 1st is when the lease starts so we moved in we had to move in the weekend you know right before april 1st which is you know you got saturday march 30th no better time to move into a new place and I can get out there in time, right? To Astromania and Derry, New Hampshire from just outside of Boston. I figure I get the U-Haul and 9 a.m. Kingpin and we're off and running and we'll be done by like three, right? Yeah. Well, I got the U-Haul at 1030. <laughs> That's how it started. Oh, boy. And uh, we had to pick up a couch that we uh, purchased uh, via Facebook Marketplace. Jeez, so there's your problem right there. You should have had something that could have been delivered. Come on. 
It was a very nice couch, and uh, so we got the U-Haul. We went way to Newton or something like that to go get the couch, then brought it to the apartment first before we even went back to Tewksbury to load up the rest of the stuff. And this couch, first of all, we're on the second floor, and uh, you know how older houses are. They didn't really consider actually being able to get uh <laughs> to move furniture in yes yeah i feel like i've moved you in and out of a couple places like that that uh there wasn't really a lot of consideration to uh actually getting furniture in and out yes there was a a point where we were like this couch is not getting in this place because the front stairwell uh you know there's like a a very sharp narrow curve to the stairs and we couldn't get it through we were like this couch is going to live on the porch apparently <laughs> and we're gonna figure <laughs> something else out but uh we did eventually get it inside oh actually before the couch uh actually arrived um i am driving up in the u-haul my parents are there waiting for me they're gonna like help us uh, with some stuff they're uh wonderful people they're they you know gonna take max and watch him while we're doing all this stuff so i'm pulling up with my nephew and uh, his friend, we're pulling up in the U-Haul. We see my parents. I'm waving to my parents, and their smiling faces turn to horror because I'm pulling over the U-Haul to the side of the road and didn't really consider the size of the vehicle, the U-Haul. It's a 17-foot truck, and the car that is parked in front of my new apartment. And the U-Haul scrapes alongside this car. Well, you didn't tell me this. No, yes, because I was very embarrassed and very upset by it. <laughs> so I, I scraped the side of this car and that is parked in front of my apartment, and I realize this is probably my brand-new neighbor's car. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way you introduce yourself to a new neighbor. You knock on the door and say, hi, I'm moving in upstairs, and I just destroyed your vehicle. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure they're thrilled to have you there. I was absolutely mortified <laughs> that I had to go. I, it, it was their car, a car that they had uh, purchased a month ago that I had scraped to the side of with this big dumb fucking u-haul truck <laughs> so this before the whole nightmare with getting the couch up here was the nightmare of me having to talk to them and just you, you know I, it was like uh jeremy at the uh hotel all over again if i had a cigarette it would have been the most deserved cigarette of my life <laughs> you taking up smoking these days i i would have i would have after that um i mean i, I don't know if anyone remembers that story that we told a while ago with your uh your old friend uh he went took a u-haul and went under the overhang of a hotel and completely tore the roof off of the u-haul truck <laughs> like a can opener <laughs> yes so it was a very similar situation where I just got out of the truck and just was pacing around and just uh, inconsolable. But 
Yeah, and then from there, uh, after introducing myself and exchanging uh, insurance information <laughs> with my brand new neighbors, <laughs> nice to meet you, I'll bring her over a tin of cookies later. Um, then is uh, trying to get the couch upstairs, couldn't get it up the front stairs, and narrow back stairwell, but we're somehow able to get this thing in here and, you know... Um, Going to have to do a lot of touching up with uh, some paint for the walls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we got this thing up here, and thank God that it's not you know sitting out in the back porch somewhere. That took about like at least an hour and a half to get that couch in here. So we're not even getting to the house and loading up until 1 p.m. So <laughs> it, and of course, we got this little apartment up there in Tuxbury. You wouldn't believe the amount of shit we had in this place. <laughs> One bedroom apartment. I, and I guess you could believe because if you were in our apartment, the corner of the room had all this stuff stacked up that, you know, there's no just no place to put it. We loaded this 17 foot truck up to the gills and got there, got everything out. We still got boxes around here now. Uh, you know, we're still unpacking. But yeah, whatever it was, 6, 6.30 p.m., where I was like, okay, I guess I'm leaving now. And actually, my wife was the one like, you have to go. You have to get to this friggin' show. I'm like, yes, I do. Uh, so I, what I did was I made sure I had my black underwear on, Brian. You black undies? <laughs> I had the black undies. And I put my referee pants on right there in my brand new bathroom in my new apartment. And uh, my referee shirt, belt, black shoes, uh, and took off for Derry, New Hampshire, <laughs> racing to Derry, New Hampshire to be there for Astromania. I felt like uh, Doug Mirabelli trying <laughs> to get to catch Tim Wakefield at Fenway Park. Well, we did get you a police escort, so you know it was very important for you to get there. I, I wish I had one, to be honest, but uh, <laughs> I did make it up there, and is it true that you had uh, Johnny Vegas go long in his match? Yes, because like <laughs> you're holding people up for a referee. <laughs> and by the way, uh, I was supposed to referee Johnny Vegas's match. Basically, when we had him on the podcast like a month ago, I agreed to do Johnny Vegas versus uh, Scotty Slade that match, but it was on right before you guys, and uh, I walked in in the middle of it. Well, you're a dirtbag. I am. You, you didn't walk in in the middle of that match. You walked in at the end of that match. We went out like five minutes after you got there. Yes, and I walk into the building. I have my uh, hood up and just uh, trying to be inconspicuous, and someone yells out, Crocker, you're late, as I'm running in. As it turns <laughs> out, I found out that that was the one and only Brian Fury. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say it was a yes. Brian Fury. <laughs> yes. Uh, multi-time guest, the unofficial guest host of the wrestling podcast about nothing. He, yes, he, he, he made sure to uh, call me out in front of everybody, but I uh, scampered to the back, you know, unzip my, my sweatshirt. And there I was in all my refereeing glory, uh, just barely fitting into <laughs> my old, uh, 2XL referee jersey and uh well you barely fit into 2XL these days goodness <laughs> gracious well it's an old 2XL I'm sure it shrunk in the wash <laughs> yeah I'm sure that's <laughs> it so uh, yeah I uh, had enough time to get back there meet the bruiser uh find out what's going on what's going to be happening and uh walking right out there to the ring <laughs> blowing up on the walk down the aisle I had blown up at, uh, you know, noontime when I'm trying to get that couch up the stairs, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I was... Oh, uh, boy. 
to smithereens all day long. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it, buddy. I'm glad uh, we got to work together uh, one more time. That was that was nice. Yeah, I'm glad I did too. I mean, I think everything went very well in the match. Um, I got to kick Chase out of the uh, event because it's not very he, nice. Well, he was uh, doing things that were unbecoming of a uh, second at ringside. <laughs> Why'd you allow him out there to begin with? He doesn't have a manager's license. That's true. That I could have told you that. I'm the one that paid for the licenses. <laughs> I really shouldn't have asked you, huh? You really you didn't protest. You didn't protest, though. He only had a wrestler's license. If you brought that to my attention, I mean, he is out there in opposition to you. It would have been probably in your best interest to let me know that. Well, I, you know, I, I didn't want to interfere. I, I thought I'd try to let you do your job, but uh, you know, know how that goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, how did you feel about the match? I thought it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was good to you know to work with Chase and the Logans again and Joey Eastman. Um, you know that was fun. Ooh. I, I uh, excuse me, Sydney Bacabella. Ah, uh, yes, yes I, ob- yes. I obviously stacked this match with uh, with all my buds. Um, <laughs> I booked selfishly here for yes. this one. Uh, you know, I wanted to. I, I was very excited about uh, us versus the Logans, and I, I thought we delivered a great match, and it was a lot of fun. It was everything I hoped it would be. You know, it's funny when you get to this point, and and obviously probably more so for you than me. But I truly wonder, like, how many more times am I going to get to you know work with the Logan brothers? So I mean, I mean that literally could be the last time we we work together. Like that, that that's a real possibility based on the points we're at in our careers. So so that was cool to go out. If if that was our last time working, it was cool to go out on that note. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully we get to uh, wrestle each other again. But if not, uh, I'd be okay with that being the swan song for uh, for us. So, of course, you booked yourselves right before an admission, so you can go right from there to the table to sell your wares and, uh, you know, get your shit out that you sell some stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We did. We did. Uh, we did very. The Bruiser did really well with T-shirts and whatnot, but uh, we did lo- lots of pictures, lots of uh, meet and greet photo ops, lots of autographed eight by tens. So very, uh, you know, very uh, happy with, uh, you know, was excited to meet a lot of people. Uh for a nominal fee. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and speaking of meet and greets for a nominal fee, you had the man who was to be, who was about to become, and we'll talk about it later, the Ring of Honor World Champion. Matt Taven was there and uh, meeting and greeting people, signing autographs. Uh, how did that whole situation go? It was great. Uh, you know, he was, uh, I, I don't enough top of my head at this point how many he sold but uh you know i think there was quite a few people there excited to see him and it was awesome for him to come back that's his old high school and just one week later he, the dude is the world champion so that's that's pretty cool so also you talked about booking your friends on the show you booked family on the show you had your brother-in-law bryce clayton what'd you think of his match um i didn't see it <laughs> we, didn't, <laughs> <I know>. we, <laughs> we didn't have a monitor backstage <laughs> I you know I, I got told a long time ago don't don't peek through the curtain. Yes, yes. Back to Todd Sinclair again. He he's uh, very uh, negative on looking through the curtain. <laughs> yes, he is, and leaving early. And leaving early. So, how did you feel about the event overall? I was happy. I, I think, um, like I said, um, you know, me and Todd were happy. The school was happy. All the guys on the show were happy. You know, like I said, we tried to do a little something extra for the guys having food and water and uh we had zeke day in there taking pictures eight by tens and whatnot for the guys and uh, then pictures of the event itself so tried to do a little something extra uh for the fellas um 
but I, I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, obviously, I mean, I would have loved, uh, you know, 700 people there or whatever, you know, but, uh, you know, I was happy with what it was. Every, you know, we were, most importantly, we were able to make some money for the Pinkerton High class of uh, 2019. So hopefully, uh, they can use those funds to do whatever it is they need to. You know, I don't, I don't even know what a school class does with <laughs> with funds that they're raising. I literally have no clue. But hopefully, uh, it helps them. You know, get whatever they they need on their end. And I was happy to help and happy to be a part of it. And the best part was. I hit the uh, little convenience store that's on the way on my five minute drive home. Grabbed an eighteen rack and got drunk with the bruiser on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, watching, what a watching night! Terrible wrestling. Really? <laughs> yes, it was lovely. It was. It really was a perfect night. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else uh, are the bouncers gonna do? Yeah, I guess you live in the gimmick, brother. I talked about to. this last uh, couple weeks ago. Live in the you gimmick. Got oh to. my goodness. You got so. To. Uh, Pickering Academy, were they happy with the event? Yes, very. Yeah, they were. Uh, they were ecstatic with you know with everything, and um, I mean they're they're already talking about Astromania too. I'm like, let me recover from Astromania one first, please. Okay, so perhaps there will be a sequel. Uh, you know, never say never. Oh, all right. <laughs> never so, say never. So Astromania is in the books. Uh, I know. Um, a lot of our listeners were there. A lot of uh, our friends were there. Thank you very much. I mean, uh, oh, thank you very much for the pizza, by the way. Very good pizza. Mike, don't don't thank me for the pizza. Thank uh, our friends over at Kendall Pond Pizza in Wyndham, New Hampshire. Uh, they so generously donated uh, uh, a bunch of pies for the for the school to sell, and then for uh, for us to have for the guys. So big thanks to Kendall Pond Pizza. And if you're in the Derry, Salem, you know Wyndham area, definitely go uh, go pay them a visit because, as you can attest, Mike, the pizza was quite delicious. Yes, indeed. And of course, uh, that was the reason I couldn't attend uh, dinner afterwards with Brian Fury. He was very uh, upset. I said, I just had like five slices of pizza backstage. I'm not going to go and eat. And then, of course, he goes and tells Mike Mills because Mike Mills and Brian Fury did a WrestleMania preview podcast that was on the Book in the Territory feed uh, last week, two weeks ago. So he goes and uh, blabs to Mike Mills that I'm busy backstage eating pizza. (laughs) So (laughs) he's blabbing all about that to everybody that wants to listen or doesn't even want to listen. So thanks, Brian Fury. And thanks, Mike Mills. (laughs) <laughs> oh that that just warms my heart <laughs> uh, okay brian so astromania is in the books perhaps maybe we'll see at astromania 2 <laughs> maybe let's you know <laughs> let's let's take it you know take a well, it's a ten thousand foot view right is that is that what the saying is <laughs> you know? oh, i have no idea oh <laughs> uh, whatever let's just take a step back and uh pump the brakes and recharge the batteries and whatever other metaphors i can think of you really had to recharge your batteries uh after the big event in Madison Square Garden. That's basically why we only had a 10-minute podcast last week. G1 Supercard, Madison Square Garden. We're going to talk about it in just a second. But first, if we want your feedback, let us know. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on our discussion about Astromania, about G1 Supercard, WrestleMania, whatever you got in your mind. Let us know. Use the hashtag WPAN. We also want to hear your voicemails. Call in. We will play your voicemail on this podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And Brian, I mean, it's been a while since you've been together. We do have a voicemail that's probably a couple weeks old at this point. But uh, let's take a listen to that voicemail right now. Good afternoon, gentlemen. This is Sonny 
It's uh, Tuesday afternoon, about quarter of five, driving home. Just got done listening to your latest podcast. I got to speak on this uh, uh, promo about nothing. I think you guys got it all wrong. What Tommy was doing there was almost therapeutic. He was talking about how much of a slut his mom was and and what uh, how, how he's looking to fill a void in his life. And he thought maybe taking on the role of being a fabulous one with, you know, Eddie Gilbert was going to fill it. Uh, his dad left when he was young. You heard him, 11, 11 years old, his dad left. And uh, just left him and his mom. His mom, you know, when you go to the store, do you try on just one pair of sneakers? No, probably not, right? Um, when you go to a restaurant, do you get the same thing every single time? No. So why are you, why are you calling his mom a hussy, you know, for just trying things out? Uh, I think that was a very misunderstood promo and not so much a promo about nothing. But I digress. So, that's all I got. I will uh, talk to you guys later. Great promo with Leo, by the way. You guys are, you guys always do a hell of a job. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Later, gentlemen. So, yeah, Brian, the I think it was the last promo we did was uh, from the Memphis Territory, and it was, as Sonny mentioned, Tommy Rich and Eddie Gilbert, the new Fabulous Ones, and Tommy Rich had this very strange um, way of describing why you know the new fabulous ones are different from the old fabulous ones right i guess i don't even remember it i mean i remember the the him talking uh pretty terrible about his mom part <laughs> yeah so sunny is taking offense to us saying that uh, she was a hussy she's just you know getting out there and she likes the sex yeah what's wrong with that nothing not that there's, not that there's anything wrong with that Right, so maybe we were a little harsh. So okay, I don't, uh, I don't remember if we were or not. It's <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> I think oh. maybe we were a little harsh. You and, know any uh, blows to the head I've taken since then? Oh Jesus! So, uh, Sonny, uh, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, keeping us in check, and we definitely have to have you back on the wrestling podcast about nothing to continue our conversation about your career and uh, everything else that's going on, and finally have you together with myself and with brian he wasn't on last time when you were on so definitely we'll get that done within the next couple of months uh, if you're available sonny he'll be available for us <laughs> he will be all right so let's talk about some podcasts first booking the territory with mike mills Harbody harper and sometimes doc turner uh he's been off for a couple of weeks i'm not sure what's going on there something about his uh wife but uh I don't know. Anyway, Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast. They talk about the old Saturday Night 605 show on Thursdays. And on Sundays, they're talking about Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So check out Booking the Territory at MikeMills.Podbean.com for all that great southern fried goodness from Booking the Territory. Brian, let's talk about our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast. Joe Morata and Michael Quinn are the hosts of that show. And we had the opportunity to meet them. In Madison Square Garden, we're going to talk about G1 Supercard in just a second, but part of this whole uh, thing was we actually met Joe and Quinn. We did. It was very it was very nice. It was very nice. They're very fine gentlemen, except, I mean... You know, here's... Here, can I tell you what, what, what really uh, struck me, Mike? What's that? The quality of their audio, because their voices sounded exactly as they do <laughs> coming through my speakers, and I was blown away because... You know, you always expect somebody to sound a little different than they might on uh, 
on the radio or on a podcast or something like that, but their audio is so pristine that it truly captures what their voices are. So identical in person to what they are on the podcast. Yeah, my voice is much deeper in person. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> the, well, the one thing that struck me about those guys is that, like, Jumarada's like 5'2". <laughs> wow, oh boy. <laughs> He's a wee little gentleman. <laughs> Quinn towers over him. He does. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I was. Ha- I know you had got to spend a little more time with them than uh, than I did. I wasn't able to escape until uh, I was a little worried. The security for and we can talk about that. The security at MSG was really tight, and like we had to have backstage passes. And I was I couldn't quite figure out how to get upstairs. And then um, I was worried about the ability to get back downstairs <laughs> if I went upstairs. So. Yeah, uh, we finally made it happen, though. You didn't get to meet, uh, well, you've met uh, PW, Peter Winson. He was there as well. But uh, the OVP guys, yeah, great guys, and really happy to uh, finally get a chance to to meet those two uh, fellas. So uh, check out their podcast, which, I mean, great guys, absolutely great podcast, ovppodcast.com. They're talking about all the retro wrestling with a, a northern slant to it. Given that they are from you know that lovely state of New Jersey, as we mentioned briefly last week, uh, our thoughts on New Jersey, but don't hold that against them. Uh, OVPPodcast.com once again. Check out our Vintage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. And yes, I did get a chance to uh, hang out with PW as well, Peter Winson. He is the man behind Greetings from Allentown. And this guy, like, this guy was dressed like he just walked out of the pro shop at Camden Yards. <laughs> I did see the picture. I didn't get to see PW in person, but I did. I did see the picture. Uh, I'm sure it was it was done for effect. Yes, he really wanted to stand out. Apparently, I mean, you just all you had to do is put a beak on this guy, and he looked like the Orioles mascot. <laughs> what is the Orioles mascot's name? I don't know. Do we but know? I, I just assume it's a a big Oriole, right? Yeah, it is. It's it's yeah, it's the bird that's on the uniform and the hat or whatever. So, yes, PW was uh, in full Orioles regalia. I don't know why he's an Orioles fan, but, uh, you know, don't hold that against him either. Greetings from Allentown is a great podcast. It's just him. And, uh, you know, I stood there for like an hour and a half with those guys, and I basically got a Greetings from Allentown podcast just standing there next to Peter Winston. He, that's He's the same guy standing in the concourse of Madison Square Garden as he is standing in front of a microphone in his basement doing the Greetings from Allentown show. So check out Greetings from Allentown on the Pro Wrestling on the feed or his own feed, a fantastic podcast and a fantastic guy. So check out uh, PW's big show there. And finally, it's good, the that ru- he's not a, it's good that he's not a phony. He is not a phony, not a phony whatsoever. And uh, finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. We didn't meet any of those guys at uh, Madison Square Garden, but check out their show uh, regardless, rundownwrestling.com. They have a whole network, actually, basically shows every single day, Rundown Wrestling Network, rundownwrestling.com. Once again, that is the place where you go to see all those uh, great shows. So uh, listen and enjoy. Brian, back to Madison Square Garden, G1 Supercard. How did your experience start in New York City? Um... Driving in and sitting in traffic at 11 o'clock on Thursday night. 11 o'clock Thursday night. <laughs> yeah. So uh, left uh, New Hampshire about 5, 36 o'clock, somewhere in there, and uh, just decided to drive in on Thursday night with the fam because we had to be at the Hulu Theater the next morning at like 1030. 
Oh, yeah, okay. For Festival of Honor. Yes. Yeah, so I guess technically the first time I I entered Madison Square Garden was uh, was at the Hulu Theater where the famed uh, Lions Den match took place. <laughs> what, it did take place in there? Yeah. Yeah. This is where the Lions Den match took place. So um, did a couple things there. Like, that was fun. We... Uh, we did an afternoon with Dalton Castle where uh, we lost to the boys at beer pong, and then uh, me and the Bruiser had to dress up as the boys. Now, was that uh, a shoot or a work? Uh, that's a shoot, brother. We lost. <laughs> 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 so here's the thing. I'm not um, I'm not good at beer pong. Uh, it's not my forte. No? I, I'm, I'm quite terrible at it, actually, and... Uh, it showed because the bruiser was uh, was very good, and I couldn't hold up my end of the bargain. We lost by one cup, and uh, yeah, we had to dress up as the boys. So, I mean, you're welcome, fans. I mean, <laughs> I mean let's admit you were half in the bag while this was happening, right? I'm always half in the bag these days, Mike. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm a little worried about you, my friend. <laughs> Don't be worried. <laughs> so, yes, you were basically in the little skimpy skimpies of the boys' gear. And you were uh, out there just uh, showing it off. How'd you feel? I felt all right. You know, the bruiser really went for it. He was in his underpants, but uh, I, uh, I was not. Um, you know, I, I kept my jeans on. I just took my shirt off. You're a little coy. Uh, you know, you know, I. You know, You're a I coy just, boy. Uh, you know, just you know, I don't want to show off the wiener. <laughs> <laughs> my kids are in the audience. Come on. <laughs> okay, understood. And uh, then, uh, and then we did an arm wrestling uh, tournament where uh, I I don't think it was fair, Mike. I think it was rigged because I had to face somebody who's not human. So uh, I, PCO, yeah. huh? Yeah, like I don't think that's fair. I, the World Arm Wrestling League to me is uh, not on the up and up because I had to face somebody who's not human. I mean, in all reality, PCO is one of the freaking strongest human like. Just locking hands with him for it, I was like, "This guy is gonna rip my fucking arm off." <laughs> so quick, quick squash. Uh, no, I held my own for like you know four seconds. <laughs> there you go, make it work for it, buddy. I like that. I mean, he also has experience like arm wrestling too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was like, yeah. He he's done some arm wrestling in his day. So uh, I lost very quickly in the in the first round. That was it for my day. <laughs> I, uh, you know, we then did some media and then got to leave Madison Square Garden and it sucked outside. It was rainy and like 35 degrees. So we went to a lovely pizza shop uh, right across the street. I forget the name. I think New York Supreme Pizza or something had good reviews on Yelp. The pizza was famous was, Rays? Uh, famous Original Rays. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the pizza was, uh, pizza was out, outstanding. I feel like I got a real. You know, New York I slice. Think, I feel like I got a real New York, uh, authentic New York slice or or, or four. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pizza was delicious though, and uh, so then we just went back to the hotel. The kiddo swam, and I did schoolwork, and then uh, went downstairs to the hotel lobby with a bunch of the fellas, and we drank some beer till they stopped selling to us at like ten thirty. <laughs> Ten thirty. It's yeah, I thought this is New York. Yeah, it was really lame. It wasn't like an actual bar. It was more just like this little cafe thing. And I, at one point, I think I bought like four at one time. So, oh my goodness. Well, you know, you gotta have a supply, Mike. You gotta have a supply. I guess so. So, so you talked about you did media. I heard you on a podcast. Which one? The Take a Bump podcast. Oh, okay. Matt Taven's new podcast. 
And, of course, you didn't mention the wrestling podcast about nothing. And, of course, I want to mention that the fact that they were recording live in Hulu Theater. They were. And and they've done, like, six or seven episodes. Uh, how does Matt Taven get this kind of pull? He's the fucking world champion. <laughs> well, this is before he won the title. Come on. Now. He was in the main event. The dude was main eventing Madison Square Garden. Uh, what does it take to get something like this done? Be over? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you're, get, you're getting there, buddy. I heard a nice I'm, pop yeah. for you. Yeah, I'm getting there. Like you know, just it's gonna take a little while. And Matt's you know been there for a while, and uh, no, it was actually it was really cool to to do that with him. I was happy he asked asked me to do it, and the Bruiser did it right after me. But it was cool. Uh, you know, uh, I've known Matt for a long time. My uh, Matt's a good friend, and uh, kind of you know at, at that point. Uh, I didn't know what lied ahead for him on. I knew me. I knew he was in the match, obviously, but uh, you know, I didn't know. I, I didn't know that he was winning at that, at that point. So, you know, very, very cool to take part of his weekend and be part of that, and just you know, shoot the shit about some old memories and and whatnot. So the day of the event, Saturday morning. How does that day look for you? Well, <laughs> stick to my stomach. no i mean it was it was just uh oh jesus Uh, you know it was i was stressed out i was i was really 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 stressed out When, when you think about the dream growing up and i know you got into it a little bit later than i did but i you know i was like a maniac from the word go um you know, I think about wrestling my wrestling buddies or pillows or my brother and thinking about uh, what the dream was and thinking about later on that night is kind of like the literal dream. <laughs> like it's, you know, how many people get the opportunity to one for one take their dream and live it, you know. Um, so I, I didn't sleep a lot. <laughs> I got up really early. I'd, I tried I tried laying in bed for a while and... Um, just finally gave up uh i really was stressed i really was stressing about it and oh, i'm stressed <laughs> went and got went downstairs got some breakfast saw a couple of the fellas in the hotel downstairs some people had left insanely early for the arena like got there at like nine ten o'clock type of thing which i wasn't we had a bus over around noontime we had to be downstairs uh, for like 11 30 uh, and then bus over to MSG, which the traffic was just horrendous. Uh, we were all late for call time. <laughs> because oh yeah, of, it's around around lunchtime. <laughs> Come on, yeah, yeah, because of because of traffic. But you know, it's funny. I was like just kind of playing on my phone and you know not paying it. Like kind of almost like half falling asleep a couple different times on the bus ride. Uh, and then kind of uh, you know we turned on the street. I just kind of noticed uh, just out of the corner of my eye, like saw M- MSG up ahead and definitely like perked up and i was like oh boy this is about to be this like this is about to be real so we got there we got off the bus and i couldn't get in the door fast enough <laughs> like i i blew right past like a big group of fans oh, <laughs> not like intentionally or whatever i was just like excited you know to get in and um so we get upstairs and find the locker room put my stuff in the locker room and just make a beeline like for the arena because i've never laid before this moment i'd never um i'd never had laid eyes on on madison square garden other than on tv mm-hmm. um so i went and found you know the uh, the opening to the arena and i just I, like stepping into it was just it was just like 
unbelievable. I don't know. It was like a like a feeling just came over me of just like, oh my god, this is. You know, it's it's like you know it's real, but then in that moment, it's like holy shit, this is like this is real. This is this is actually happening <laughs> right now. So I went and um, found a seat and just kind of. I think I sent you some pictures, maybe, or maybe I didn't send you the pictures. I don't remember at this. Send me a picture of you and uh, you and Fat Pants. Oh, okay. I didn't send you the other pictures then, but I was just like taking some different pictures and and sitting there and just conversing with different people as I walked up. I was kind of wanting to be alone and just like sit there and you know soak it in for a few moments, just look around, look at the. I mean, the ceiling, very famous. Looking at the banners, looking at everything, you know. So the so then. Uh, they kind of kicked us all out of the <laughs> all out of the area because they were still setting up everything, um, and everybody had the same thought of get to into the arena. Um, so once I got back backstage, I think we went found the, they had catering for us, so I went and sat in catering with uh, PJ Black and Cole Cabana, Jeff Cobb, um, you know Haskins, like a good big group of us just sat there just kind of talking about all sorts of nonsense, but also talking about how unreal it was that we were there, you know, and talking to somebody like PJ Black, who, you know, who has wrestled at the garden a number of times. And yeah, Justin Gabriel, for people who don't know. Yes, yes, Justin Gabriel from the Nexus. That was cool to kind of get his take and his perspective on it. And, and then the day just like just flew by. I mean, so the next thing I remember is just kind of talking with um, Todd Sinclair and kind of pulls me aside and you know, I see like I'm number 16 in the rumble. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything, you know, other than, okay, I'm number 16 in the rumble. That That's cool. Me and the bruiser were not in there together. He was very early. I think he was number four and he was uh, out before I even got in there. But then I start talk- talking with Fat Pants and realizing I have some featured spots in the in the honor rumble which was i like uh, it blew my mind you know um to have like the elimination of coast to coast and then uh the big stare down with uh bad luck Falay impromptu and there i got a nice strike exchange with Minoru suzuki which that was that was really cool um impromptu was it instigated by you or him uh, I mean, we just kind of locked eyes and was like, "All right, let's do it." <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it was obviously a bit of a language barrier. I think, you know, I I didn't converse with him a lot, but when I did hear him talk, he, he exclusively spoke in Japanese. So I, I don't know, you know, we didn't we didn't exchange any words. It was just like we made eye contact, and he wound up, and then I wound up, and so it was, you know, it's it's funny body language and. Uh, you can, you, it's funny how the, you have like the the language of wrestling where you can communicate you know, yeah. without saying a word. But then, I mean, the big spot of uh, you know being being told that I was doing this was um, was unbelievable. But uh, learning that I was going to have a moment, so I, I joked around all week about. I just hope Jushin Thunder Liger is in the ring with me. I will walk over to him, let him kick me or something, and then forever I can say. I worked with Jushin Thunder Liger at Madison Square Garden, you know, and it was, it was like half joking, but I really hoped he was in there while I was in there just to have, just to say I was ever in the ring with him. But not only was I in the ring with him, but I got a featured spot, nose, like kind of like a nose to nose sort of moment with Jushin Thunder Liger. It was unbelievable. Like I, I so instantly I became really, really like yeah. scared out of my mind when I get told this. <laughs> You know, and he couldn't have been more. You know, couldn't have been more gracious, and and, and it was, you know, I, li- I literally told him it was an honor, <laughs> like to be in that position, and 
you know, it was just, it was surreal. It was a surreal moment. And then to actually go out and do it was another just like really surreal, surreal moment. Um, uh, I mean, you saw it, <laughs> um, you know, he, I, I think, uh, maybe there might've been supposed to be a couple other guys that helped him, but, uh, nobody came. So I just, I just went, I just, you know, I just went, uh, what else am I going to do? It's Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, so it was an unbelievable moment to just kind of feel the energy of the crowd of when they saw us kind of face to face and then realizing what's going on. It's, it's funny with a crowd that size, you can really feel the energy. Like you don't, it's almost like you don't hear the noise so much as you like feel the energy. Yeah. So it was definitely, you know, definitely different. And, uh, you know, so coming, coming backstage, uh, definitely had to find like a, like an area by myself for, uh, for a couple moments just to, compose myself and <laughs> and you know just uh, collect my thoughts and you know kind of like evaluate like is this is i actually made the joke to a couple people yeah this is like my alternate reality coma delusion thing and they're gonna wake me up and i'll be like no no no, put me back in put me, put me back in this is good um so it, it was it was unbelievable it was everything i ever hoped it would be um you know when it come when you think about like not not only did I get to participate and and just say I was there and a part of the match, but I actually got to do some really cool things um, with some really big names. And uh, again, it sounds fake, but Malonis went face to face with Liger at the Garden. Like that's a real, like that's an actual statement in my life. <laughs> yeah, like that is. Uh, if you would ask me a couple years ago. I would never thought in a million years, you know, so just, uh, truly humbled and, and grateful and, um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I still don't have the, the words to really describe the feelings. Um, oh, wait, wait, we waited a whole week so you could get the words. <laughs> you still don't have the words. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, just <laughs> imagine living out, um, your dream in a very, like, like you had the dream and that that like and it actually came true like I, I just i don't even know how to quantify um that so yeah it was um, it was unbelievable and and now it's you know it's kind of back to i guess you know mindset wise just business as usual let's uh you know me and the bruiser let's let's do this let's uh you know let's keep the ball rolling with us keep the momentum rolling with us and you know see what comes next in ring of honor but forever uh you know for the rest of Eternity, um, Malonis went toe-to-toe with Liger at the Garden. So there you go. So let's go back to the moment right before you're introduced. What are you feeling? Is it like feeling like you have to take the the worst piss of your life? <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's funny. when I, You know, when I, I actually calmed down was um, I was at, uh, you know, I was right at the entrance and waiting for my, waiting for my cue and, uh, <laughs> Joey Mercury said to me something like, "Like Jesus, Malonis, you're a house or something like that." And I go, <laughs> "I go, yeah, but I'm a fucking Adonis." <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, Adrian Adonis." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, that really, you know, it's funny in that moment though that that actually relaxed. You know, I actually was able to relax, and then. Um, when I came through the curtain, it was, I mean, for me, it was like, oh, you know, I definitely took a minute to like look around and like, wow, this is really, this is obviously really cool. Um, but it, at a certain point, it just becomes, whether it's Madison Square Garden or it's the PAV in Lowell, Massachusetts, at some point, it just becomes wrestling. 
you know, when you're when you're actually doing it. Yeah, and I mean, we have to say, just the way, I mean, the arena, it, it was a major league feel. There was no, it was no, like, there's no trace of the promotion that ran in, like, you know, my high school, like, 10 years ago. There, that, this was a, a, a plus, like, production. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, everything about it, about it was, like you said, major league, and, um, it was unreal. The set was unreal. You know, it's funny. We were kind of, I was talking through with uh, Fat Pants and then talking through with some of the camera and production people about, um, you know, me and Bruiser's entrance. And uh, we were all of the same mindset of like, you know, I'd really like to come down the ramp tonight. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, yeah, because usually you're coming through the people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless like, you know, if we had a match or something and we could have done like a, like a shield style entrance from like the top of the loge type thing you know like like that would have been cool but for a battle royal where we would have had to rush through it anyways i I would have much rather just walked out on that set and walked down the ramp type of thing you know um so that was that was really cool i mean again a little different if we could actually do like a full entrance that might take a couple minutes you know but yeah so and we really wanted to just come down the ramp (laughs) like just from a i guess a complete like just you know being a fanboy so let me talk briefly about my experience uh, on Saturday. It's kind of a letdown from after you're talking about wrestling in Madison Square Garden. This is a, you know, let's talk about Mike Crockett driving down from from Boston to New York for the day. Uh, I drove actually down to Rahway, New Jersey first. Uh, I figured I'd leave about 10 a.m. to get there to the Chaotic Wrestling show. Chaotic Wrestling, Brian Fury's Chaotic Wrestling was running a show at 2 p.m. in New Jersey, Rahway, New Jersey. So I figured I'd leave at 10. I, I should get there around bell time. Of course, I left around 1130. Um, so, story of your life. Uh, yeah, apparently just the, from this podcast, story of this podcast. Uh, so I got there at about 3.30. So an hour and a half late to the chaotic show. I uh, was able to see some people and uh, you know see RJ DeLuise, past guest on the podcast, was there calling the action. Well, he wasn't calling the action. There was no commentary, but he was there at ringside. And Brian Fury came out and sat with me for a little bit. Uh, we chit chatted, and you know, of course, he gave me shit. He didn't yell at me that you know, Crockett, you're late this time, but. I guess he whispered it. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, the show ended, and uh, I took right off to Madison Square Garden because I had a parking spot reserved. Did you know you could do this now, Brian? I did. Yes, I uh, I, I did it uh, both days. Yes, yeah, so I had an app, a Spot Hero, I believe it's called. Yes, it is. That's exactly the one I used. So I found, like a week ago, I went on there and found a parking lot right next to MSG and was able to drop my car off uh, with no worries, paid ahead of time, and that was it. And I got to Madison Square Garden and was like, where's the will call window? And I took me forever to i had to walk basically all the way around the building to get to the main entrance i find out of msg to get in there get to the will call window get my special ticket and i mentioned last week that uh, i couldn't really find how to get to the 300 level because uh it is a fairly exclusive level i came to understand because i don't know it's very uh posh. yeah i got you i got you luxury seats yeah You're welcome 
Yeah, it was very, it was very nice. But uh, you know, it took me forever to get there because I couldn't figure out uh, where to go, and people were sending me this way and that way, and none of it was working out because they went from the two hundred level to the four hundred level, and I'm like, where the hell am I? And uh, I eventually got to my seat, and I sat down right by the Playboy. As the opening bell was ringing on uh, the opening match. So I got there on time. So I was very proud of myself because as I, you know, as we've gone over in this podcast, uh, it's uh, been a struggle to get to places on time recently. I was half expecting you to miss it anyway. So, well, I made it, Kingpin. I made it. I got to see you in all your glory. Uh, got some photos. Uh, uh, one photo in particular that you've used all over social media. I got no photo credit whatsoever, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was no, it was really great. I I was there. Uh, you know, your your family was right there with me as well, and uh, it was great to see them. Your kids all excited about uh, daddy coming down the aisle and uh, competing in Madison Square Garden. You know, uh, your daughter just uh, jumping up and down and screaming, and Michael doing the same as. Great, uh, great to see, and uh, just uh, I don't know. I was flabbergasted, uh, befuddled, and just uh, amazed at the fact that you're you know this little you're this little uh, body in in this you know this huge arena, and uh, you know the, my pal that I uh, refereed matches in front of you know probably ten people, <laughs> and this yeah. is uh, you know quite the opposite. Yeah, I mean, it was 17, it was just like just under like 17,000 people. So it's just, uh, yeah, man, it feels, it doesn't even feel real. Um, it, it, it felt like it was like a dream type of thing. Uh, it's just, uh, and then to have the fam there, um, have, have yourself and then my family and other friends there. My, my, you know, my best friend from junior high, since I was in junior high, uh, there, my cousin who just randomly bought a ticket and decided to go to New York for it. Like just to have so many, you know, special people in my life actually be able to be in the house and be present for it, uh, was, was really cool, really special. And, uh, it's a night I'll never forget. And, and I mean, I will say this, uh, hopefully not the last time I ever wrestle in Madison square garden. Like that's, you know, that's that's the, the goal, I guess. And so, yeah, actually, uh, Kyle Sinclair, uh, Todd's brother, listener of this podcast, was there as well. I was hanging out with him. I feel kind of bad because I left him for like an hour and a half to go hang out with the OVP guys and uh, PW and uh, Richard Land. I want to mention him, too. Uh, a fine chap from the UK was uh, hanging out with the OVP guys. And so I was uh, talking to him as well. But we were just... For some reason, they decided they're going to stand out in the concourse. So uh, while the whole thing was going on with Bully Ray and Enzo and Cass and all that stuff, I was out in the concourse just uh, chatting it up with those guys. So <laughs> yeah, Probably not a bad place to be. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on with Enzo and Cass? Can you tell me? I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? I have no clue. All right. All right, Brian. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, I was with those guys. I'll, t- I'll tell you what's going on with Enzo and Cass. They're S A W F T soft. So, uh, Brian, <laughs> uh, you and the you and the Bruiser. Yeah. Here, couple haters. You, you, couple haters over there, huh? <laughs> I think I'm out of practice. Uh, <laughs> it's been well, a long you know, time. Enzo and Cass, huh? Okay, so we'll see what happens there, I guess. All right. <laughs> well, big gulps, huh? <laughs> so the show goes on, Brian. I do get up in time. I actually 
sat in the uh, seats with Michael Quinn and saw Kota Ibushi versus um, versus Naito. So I, I sat with the commoners for a little while for that match, Brian. Those uh, seats are a little too narrow, especially these days. And <laughs> so I watched that match. Uh, then I went back up and got back in the luxury seating for the uh, festivities, including the ladder match, Ring of Honor World Championship, Marty Skrull, Matt Taven, and the champion, Jay Lethal. And this uh, this is a shock, Brian, to me. I really didn't see Matt Taven winning this thing. So this was a shock to me, too, because I didn't know Matt Taven was winning until he pulled the belt off. The, the, really? I had no freaking idea that Matt was winning and, and it, it's funny. It's, you know, it's funny. It's like, you just don't, I, I don't know, just so much going on during the day. I never had a conversation with him to even talk about it. And, uh, I was just so happy for him when it happened. And, uh, that's when I headed back downstairs with Bruiser. Cause I just wanted to, I just wanted to find him and, and give him a hug and congratulate him. And, uh, just so happy for him. Like just un- unbelievable. It was, it was a complete shock to me. Now, I mean, uh, me too. I was very uh, excited and amazed at the fact that this guy that uh, you know a little better than me, but uh, I know him as well, of course, is a Chaotic Wrestling alumni. Uh, just the fact that he is winning the title in this huge stage, uh, Ring of Honor, World Heavyweight Champion, uh, just it just blows my mind. But what do you think about the fact people are using the fact that Matt Taylor won the championship as kind of the reason why there are issues with Ring of Honor these days. A lot of flack online for especially Taven winning this championship in MSG. So you mean a bad guy won the championship and they're upset? Yes. Oh, okay. Weird. Because uh, uh, to me that sounds like pro wrestling, but uh, I guess these dingbats know better. Like, uh, oh, you're reacting the exact way you're supposed to react. Oh, okay. <laughs> like when did you know when did fans start getting confused on that type of thing like oh hey this guy that you don't like won the title you're supposed to be upset no no i'm not upset because i'm I'm smart yeah i'm upset because you know i know better and this guy is not like get the fuck out of here like get the hook (laughs) sorry it it, it, i actually think i got i got a little dust up online over a tweet uh i was gonna talk to you about this too yes (laughs) yeah but um it just it's yeah um bad guy wrestler wins a championship fans are upset but in 2019 somehow that signifies a death knell of a company i can only imagine back when like superstar billy graham beat bruno san martino if the internet uh, had existed well that's it the wwf is done it's never gonna amount to anything you know yeah, so you did get into some uh, exchanges on Twitter, ingratiating yourself to the public, as always. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so what did you say exactly? I mean, something along the lines of if you're negative about anything from this past weekend, like maybe you're not a wrestling fan or something. I just, you know, I don't know. Maybe people, I don't think people were fully understanding what I'm saying. It's just like, what is what is there to be so goddamn negative about? WWE had TakeOver at a sold-out Barclays Center, which was a great show on Friday night. Uh, there was all the indie shows around. Saturday night, the first company other than WWE to run the garden in 60 years sold the damn place out. The very next night at WrestleMania, all the great things that happened there. Um, I'm sure we'll get into at least one of them uh, later on. But then they, they, they find like one or two things and just like f- just focus on the negative. 
thinking of it. So you get like unlimited quantity of wonderful things to be happy about that happened. Wrestling social media will find the negative in anything, and it just. It's like I, people lecturing me about like, you know, you can't take any criticism. Yeah, it's like no, just maybe it's fucking sickening all the time listening just watch the shit and be entertained by it. Like Jesus Christ, you don't not everybody has to be a critic. Like why does everybody have to be a critic on it? Why? Like it's just just like with movies or television shows, are there going to be episodes or things you don't like? Yes, but do you, why do you focus on it? Why do you dwell on it? Wrestling social media just dwells on like, I liked 95% of this show, but I'm going to dwell on the 5% I didn't like and talk about it being the death knell for this company or this promotion or this, you know, this wrestler or it's just, God, just there's so much good to talk about. I don't know how anybody's talking and focusing on bad stuff. I really don't. And I got, well, you're just a blind follower. Like, no, it's just, I just choose to focus on the positive. Like, there's so much, so many great things that happened this past weekend. And if you didn't like something, don't watch that. Watch something else, you know? So, yeah, you're not saying that there wasn't anything bad that happened this weekend. Just focus on the positive. Yeah. Like, I mean, why, why just be inherently negative all the time? Like, and, and my, I guess my point was too, like, if you're, if it makes you that, miserable if you're that upset all the time about it it's not something that is a necessity in your life go spend your time watching something else that's going to make you happy and that's not me i don't want to like chase away fans but like if you have this thing in your life that's not a necessity it's it's entertainment you're spending your money on it to be entertained and to get enjoyment out of it and you're spending we all have a limited time on this planet my friend you know what i mean like you're choosing to spend your time watching this like why are you if it makes you that miserable why are you spending your time time is valuable Okay, let's talk about the positive then, Brian. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's do it. WrestleMania. Uh, I mean, are you allowed to say that you watched the show? <laughs> yes, Michael. Okay, so let's talk about our pal, your friend and mine. We played a old clip that we talked about uh, this gentleman uh, and all the great things that he's done. We talked about the great person that he is, and he realized a dream at WrestleMania in MetLife Stadium when Kofi Kingston became the WWE champion. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, so it's funny. It's been, you know, been watching this run he's had here and, you know, text him, you know, pretty pretty frequently. You know, as as it was going along, like you're still like, "Oh, this is so cool. I'm so happy for him." And just never in a million years, I think, like they were actually pull the trigger on. And that's not a knock on Kofi because I think he's every bit deserving and every bit as talented and, and to be like the, the, the main man. But it's just, um, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just never thought they would actually do it. And son of a bitch, they did it, Mike. <laughs> like, you know, and he did it. And uh, oh, man, like it was, I, I couldn't have been happier if it was myself. And, uh, I texted uh, I texted our good buddy Hanson. I'm like, because I knew he was there, and I'm like, please go give him a big hug for me, and because I knew like his phone. He took you know, it took him a couple days to get back to me because I'm sure his phone was just um, blowing up. But um, wow, uh, what a crazy thing to sit here and think that um, the guy who imitated Ludwig Borga uh, as a Jamaican <laughs> character, um, you know, that we met so many years ago is the WWE champion. And um, I mean, Kofi's always been very, somebody who's very popular, but to see the fans rise up behind him the way they have, uh, but man, that, that, I mean, that should have closed the show. Like, I, mean, I know I'm biased, 
<laughs> but that should have that should have absolutely closed the show to me but um just unbelievable um just un- unbelievable that that Kofi is the champion and I and I think just uh you know and you can attest to this and really anybody who who knows Kofi on a personal level the most genuine person I've ever met in my life and he's never forgot for a moment where he came from and he is just the most genuine hard-working guy and and so deserving uh of it and I hope uh I hope he gets a true chance to be the face of the company because I think he he can be. Um, he's somebody who they can truly build around, and he can he's he can be a role model, and he can be all the things they need him to be. Um, so I'm just so happy for him, and uh, I think it was great to see his boys get in the ring with him, and yeah. one of his sons just completely steal the show from him. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, just completely overshadow him. But what an unbelievable moment! And you know how great of a guy Kofi is? Oh, boy. What's coming? He even texted me back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I couldn't believe it. Like I yeah. said, it took a couple days, but yeah. Wow. You didn't even get the invite to his wedding. <laughs> I got the invite, Brian. I think we talked about this. <laughs> you did. I think a couple people backed out at the last minute, so I got like a Facebook message saying, you want to come to the wedding? <laughs> I, got th- I, got that. I got that for the Slade wedding. Oh, oh my. and the die jack wedding <laughs> really did you take him up on it i did on the slade wedding but not on the die jack wedding i had a booking uh okay <laughs> the, the the match with kofi though uh i mean the thing great thing about it was i mean it's unequivocally anyone you ask it's the match of the night at wrestlemania 35 but it wasn't the the match was rather simple it wasn't one of those exchanging finishers kick out finisher kick out finisher kick out i mean Kofi kicked out of the running knee once. I think he missed the trouble in paradise once or twice. The first time he hit it, that was the one, two, three. It was a very simple match. I mean, what it was was just an emotional investment. It was just a bunch of people, a you know, eighty thousand people or whatnot, that were invested in Kofi's story. And that's what that's what made the match. I mean, the match wasn't it wasn't one of these epic, you know, like I said, back and forth, you know, false finish, false finish, false finish. There was just a, a, a fantastic amount of crowd support behind Kofi, and he was just uh, undeniable. Yeah, I mean, I, it's the the it's such an organic thing, and yeah, I think we've seen in the past <laughs> WWE fight those organic things um, tooth and nail, and they and they finally just rolled with something, and the momentum is just unbelievable. So hopefully they ride the tide for for a very long time and um yeah I mean so awesome I can't even you know it, it's just so happy for him and so deserving and and like I said I hope he gets the um I hope he gets like the real opportunity to like let him run with the ball because I think he the the old brass ring thing or run with the ball or whatever those all these lame analogies are but. Uh, I think he's clearly proven with the new day to be a top guy, and I think now, given the chance, I think you're going to see him just uh, take it to another level. Uh, it, it, I said, you know, I, I literally texted him. We were texting back and forth for quite a bit, and I, I just like the, one of the last thing I said was, "I go, man, you're the fucking WWE champion. Like it's it's surreal. Like it's like unbelievable to say." 
Yeah. And like you said, hopefully they let him run with it for a bit. It's uh, just a great story, storybook ending, and I'm kind of excited to see where they go with it now, who he starts working with. It should be uh, interesting. And I'm glad they didn't do that everyone was predicting, like the New Day turning on him. It just, it wasn't the right story. It's not the story to tell. It, It was just so great to see these three guys that were, I mean, Biggie and Xavier Woods just genuinely thrilled and happy and really wanted this to happen for Kofi. And that's just something you can't make up and you can't don't fuck with that. You know what I mean? Let these guys be happy for each other. There's no reason to do the whole heel turn. I'm jealous whole thing because it's obviously 100% not the case. Just look at the way, you know, these guys are weeping openly when he wins the title. They're just as happy for, you know, Kofi as probably Kofi is for himself. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, you know, when you see all like kind of the backstage stuff with them, it's, it, it works. It has worked so well for so long because it's real. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, WrestleMania, not quite long enough. I think Brian, when it comes down to it, <laughs> they could have given, they could have given these guys a little more time, uh, you know, let's watch. You let's ask just... some of the folks that got stranded if they wish it was a little longer. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, it is time for this week's promo about nothing, Brian. But before we get into that, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler. Dates. Yes, Mike. Uh, I will be returning to action on a Wednesday night, believe it or not. Wow. Wednesday, Yeah, Wednesday night, May the 8th. Buffalo, New York, the first night of Ring of Honor's War of the Worlds tour. Uh, the very next night, we'll be heading to Toronto, Ontario, Canada, making my debut in Toronto. I have wrestled in Quebec City before, but never Toronto. So happy to be going there. Got the passport updated? I do, Mike. I do have an updated passport. Thank Ooh. you very much. And then on Saturday night, the 11th, we'll be heading to Grand Rapids, Michigan uh, for night three. And night four takes place in Chicago. Uh, so Ring of Honor's War of the Worlds tour. Tickets are on sale now. So if you're in Buffalo, Toronto, Grand Rapids, or Chicago, get your tickets now. Um, the first three nights, I'm pretty sure, will all be on Honor Club. And then the the fourth night, I believe, is television. But don't uh, don't quote me on, uh, on that one. They got you on the whole loop, huh? Yes. I do have another date uh, in May that I cannot reveal yet, Mike, uh, oh. <laughs> believe it or not. It's a, it's a debut for a new company in a new state that I've never wrestled in before. Really? So I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little teaser there. Mm. Um, I got ideas. <laughs> and then, Mike, I'm, uh, at the beginning of June, uh, I am heading to... On Wait, we're June, talking about fr- June already? Holy Toledo. Yeah, I know, right? Crazy, right? Uh, on June the 1st, Mike, I will be heading to Kent, Washington uh, as part of Ring of Honor's uh, tour of the Pacific Northwest the very next day in Portland, Oregon, uh, also again with Ring of Honor. Uh, check out ROHwrestling.com for uh, full ticket and card information. Also, check out Honor Club so you can stream some of these great live events as part of your honor club uh uh membership all right is that it that's it buddy i don't have like anything local coming up anytime soon <laughs> you're just jet setting all right yeah man i'm getting out there so uh you know looking to add add dates i do have quite a few openings throughout the summer still available so or spring and summer uh so you know definitely looking to, to fill up the you know hey i would love to do something i would love to do something locally you know so we'll see if we can make that happen i feel like i never wrestle uh in the new england area all that much anymore 
Well, if you want to get it done, folks, if you're a promoter out there, email brianmalonis at comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at brianmalonis. Get him locally around here in New England. He really wants to see the fans here in the New England area. So book the kingpin, book the kingpin or the brawler, Brian Malonis. Uh, All right. This promo about nothing, Brian, is from the year 1990. And we are going to the American Wrestling Association, the AWA. And we're taking a look once again at two gentlemen that we've seen a couple times before here on the promo about nothing. Oh, no. It is the Lumberjacks. Oh, okay. I was hoping for the new breed. I was hoping maybe they made their way to the AWA, Mike. But uh, I'll take the Lumberjacks. Okay. Well, it's Yukon John Nord and Flapjack Scott Norton. We're going to hear more about that in this promo about nothing. Make no mistake about it, that wrestling fan's the biggest, the most powerful tag team in professional wrestling today, the Lumberjacks, big Yukon John Nord, Flapjack Norton. Now, Flapjack, I understand you're heading back up to the Yukon. You're going to defend your pancake-eating title. No, no, it's Flapjacks. We'll go up there and eat some Flapjacks, baby. All right, Flapjacks, I'm sorry. Now, last year, it took 298 Flapjacks to bury your competition. What's it going to take this time? Well, if it takes 298, 398, 498, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. You can uh, bet on that. All right. Now, I also want to talk about the Iron Man Survivor Battle Royal coming up next week. Tough competition in that match. Very tough competition. But me and John Norman up in the Yukon, we cleared out bars with 30, 40 men in there before. And I guarantee you, when it's all said and done, he and I will be standing back to back. All right. Now, Big Yukon, you guys are bringing in... Two of the biggest sets of arms in professional wrestling. Let's get a look at him. Show us that arm, you. Hey, that's right, Eric. I tell you what. I got a big arm. There ain't no question about it. But this man here has an official 25 megaton arm. Look at that. Unbelievable. Now, I also know that you guys have got titles on your mind. UConn, John, tell us about it. Titles, that's right. Listen, there was a time when the only title I was concerned about was the one to our lumber wagon. Listen up, Larry Zabisco. When I step in the ring, if the promoters sign it, it don't matter whether it's him or me who steps in the ring. It's gonna be like them lumberjack camps. The fur's gonna be flying, Zabisco, and you're gonna have to pay the price because we don't care. Oh, and we ain't scared. Here we go, and I'm out of here. I like how Eric Bischoff there, who's the uh, interviewer, says, well, man, I am out of here and doesn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> he just stands there. I'm out of here. <laughs> for some reason, he's really like taken back that they start slapping each other's chests. And, whoa, man, oh, my God, here we go. I like that it's a follow-up to the, uh, to the previous uh, promo. Yes, where we found out that he got his nickname, Scott Norton did, his nickname Flapjack, by winning a pancake eating contest where he ate 298 pancakes. No, no, he did not eat 298 pancakes, Michael. He's not Pancake Norton. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) Yes, Flapjack uh, did correct him and said, it's Flapjacks. And did you see, like, right after he said it's Flapjacks, he, like, winces? (laughs) <laughs> like mm, I have to, can't believe I have to say that again. Oh, so this is the thing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we're still going. We're still going with this. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. And Bischoff asks, like, how many is it going to take? It just takes 
as many as it's going to take, right? However many the other guys eat, he just has to eat more. Like, he can't predict <laughs> how many he's going to eat. He just has to eat more than the other guys. I guess. I'm not really familiar with the rules of uh, of Yukon flapjack eating competitions. <laughs> yeah, maybe I put a little too much thought you, into you a, might, a pancake a tad, competitions. You tad. So, how about the awful green screen? <laughs> They have like a, a snowy mountain in the background, and, and it looks like, I mean, are we supposed to believe they're standing in a lake in the Yukon? I guess, even <laughs> though they're talking about going up there. I, I, did, you know, I didn't even notice that, to be honest with you. I was just so, uh, I was so excited to see uh, Flapjack and, uh, and the Berserker. Yeah, well, yes, John Nord, the Berserker. He really sells it, though, that they are in the Yukon because he's wearing that big furry hat. The fur's going to fly, Mike. Yes. Is that a Russian hat, by the way? <laughs> uh, I think so. I think so. I think you might have found it uh, uh, in somebody's apartment, <laughs> or is it made of rat hair? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's it's well, it's very poor even for rat head standards. <laughs> so uh, the way Eric Bischoff reacts here to these guys' arms, I mean, there's no question he wants to be Vince McMahon. This is the way he starts talking about these guys. Let me see those arms. <laughs> and then Scott Norton flexes and he's like, oh man, like he reacted to that the same way he reacted to the 298 pancakes in the first promo about nothing that we did with them. But uh, kind of to be honest, he seems more impressed by the pancakes than the the arm if we're really going to. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, 298 pancakes uh, is a lot more impressive than a roided up arm in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a 25 megaton arm. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> so, so where do we go from here are, are we going to take the cameras up to the pancake eating competition and really uh, uh see what's going on mike i don't even know if i could freaking handle that <laughs> like if there's <laughs> if there's a vignette of the actual pancake eating like i i don't even know i don't even know if my brain could uh could fully comprehend that no, Scott Norton barely allowed them to call him Flapjack. There's no way he's going to allow them to make up some fake pancake eating contest and have him sitting there eating pancakes. It's not going to happen. Don't crush my dreams, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, but... Uh, hey, if I could wrestle Jushin Thunder Liger at Madison Square Garden then this vignette could possibly exist. <laughs> well, we'll, keep, we'll keep an eye out for it. Maybe we'll ask Richard Land. I'm sure if anyone has it, he does. So you've heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. Well, Brian, uh, what time is it? Oof. It's a it's late, late one. Yes. <laughs> but we are done, and we'll be back right here next Monday for episode 156 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then... He's the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs> <laughs>